Alexis, these flashbacks are weird this episode, huh? They are. Oh my gosh. We don't, so we don't get a cohesive single flashback from 1989. What we get is we start with a flashback, we go to the present, and then we get like flashbacks to 1989 at different points in the episode. But we also get flashbacks to like the previous day or night because this all started actually even farther. Yeah, we get a lot of flashing around. It's easy to follow yeah. in the episode. I just hope... Uh, personally, I do it justice when we try to explain. I do love, um, like, my favorite kind of flashback of this episode is Henry has a, like, a Sean psychic flashback at the very end of the episode, and or close to the end of the episode, and I was like, oh, that's Sean's move. I have a lot of Henry is also psychic notes in this episode. Um... <laughs> We get a really fun reference to how similarly Sean and Henry work on cases. So another thing about the end of this episode also doesn't surprise me because of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm so it's, happy. It's a weird one. It's a weird setup, but it works really, really well in the episode. If you can't follow along with us, just go watch the episode. It's worth it. It's a good episode. It's a very dramatic episode, if you will. It moves quickly. There's a lot happening. There's not too many lulls or... Honestly, there's dialogue. There are, like, one-line jokes, but it was really easy to take notes on this one because I didn't feel like, you know, I had to do every quote justice in the recap it it just it moved so quickly yeah i have a lot of paragraphs of notes that are just like action 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 this happened this happened <laughs> this happened yeah there was no there was no dialogue but um i guess we can get into it if you're ready to go oh it's showtime this is to the blueberry! I am Alexis, and I'm a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. Together, we are a real-life best friend duo who decided to do a rewatch podcast of our favorite show, Psych. And today, we are rewatching Season 4, Episode 9, Sean Takes a Shot in the Dark. That feels like it should be a reference to something, but we didn't find any evidence that it's a reference to something in particular, so... Yeah, if you know what the reference is, please reach out to us at to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. Please and thank you. Um, so we start off, as we so often do, with a little peek at 1989. And Sean and Henry are unloading groceries from the back of Henry's car. Apparently there's been a failed hat test because Sean's getting sloppy. He's, he's getting disorganized and he completely missed the bandana. And I was like, twist. I agree with baby Sean. Does that even count as a hat? <laughs> According to Henry, that could be the difference between life and death. And that's, like, the end of that part of the flashback. Like, a very, like, life and death. Your visual acuity, I guess. Yeah, Henry says, like, it's worst case scenario day. And then that's the end of the flashback. And we go to present day. So, Jules and Lassie are pulling up. And Lassie's pretty PO'd. And he's like, you better have a good reason for calling us out to Nowheresville at 4.30 a.m. And they're walking up to Gus, who's wearing pajamas under a trench coat. I don't hate it. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's in his jimmies. I like it. <laughs> he got a weird uh, voice message from Sean earlier that night that said, buddy, I figured it out. It's sweet. The whole thing was just a rehearsal. I'm leaving my place. Meet me down at the storage yard now. Come in your fireman PJs if you have to. 
just be there. What does that mean? Yeah, Julia says, what does that mean? And Gus is like, oh, I have no idea. Cut to Sean with his hands duct taped and he's like working the duct tape off. And then we get another 1989 flash where <laughs> Henry puts baby Sean in the trunk and is going to teach him how to deal with that. How do you escape when you're locked in a, the trunk of a car? Don't you mean if I'm locked in the trunk of a car? No, when. And then he like throws him in and the neighbor lady looks <laughs> appalled. She's walking her Great Dane and he's like, it's okay. I have the keys right here. All right, I want to bring something up. Okay. Have we ever seen Henry drive something besides the truck? On a stakeout, he was always in a car. Like back in, like, you know, when we get flashbacks, sometimes it's a cruiser, sometimes it's an unmarked. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we've seen the old, like, 80s sedan. Okay. I was like, I've only, I can only remember Henry driving the truck, but I guess he does have a, he does have like a, a police vehicle. And it's an unmarked. So that, that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Henry's like, what you're going to want to do in this situation is to kick out the brake light. And then that way you'll be able to see where you are. And baby Sean does it. And Henry's like, well, I didn't mean to do it now. <laughs> My notes literally say. <laughs> so cut back to present. And there's like a yellow sports car with a stripe. And we see that much. And then um, we see some road... Uh, oh, Sean actually does the kick-out trick. I should say that. Mm -hmm. uh, after he kicks out the light, we see what kind of he's seeing through that uh, hole now. And we see some construction stuff, a sign with some graffiti on it. Um, and he's like wiggling to get his phone out of his back pocket. Because he's trying to call Gus. He kind of mentally goes down as many spaces as it takes him to get to the G section in his contacts from behind his back. And he calls someone, it's not Gus though. He, he, doesn't, nope. he doesn't make it there. It's Gina. Also, Gina is one of the Nexium ladies. <gasps> That's where I know her from most, most recently. What? She wasn't one of the bad Nexium ladies. I but mean, she was in the cult? Oh yeah, she was. Oh, she was like deep in the cult. That poor thing. But she was one of the ones that oh, like a victim. got out and like, led the led the um lawsuit yeah oh my gosh like freaky fact of the day y'all okay well thanks for that so she's kind of like strategizing with her girlfriend before she even bothers answering it's kind of awkward they went on a couple dates and had an okay time and then he stopped calling yeah she's heartbroken she does make a, a statement is it because i had two slices of cheesecake at the cheesecake factory because I've lost a lot of weight then, since then. Yeah, she gets real hoity-toity about it. Um, and while Sean is trying to get help, she basically goes, no one treats Gina Raypack like that. Goodbye. And hangs up on Sean. And Sean says, it wasn't the cheesecake. It was the referring to yourself in the third person. He gets his hands free from the duct tape that was uh, holding him behind his back. And he's getting ready to call Gus. But now there's not enough signal. So he sends a text. And it's a pretty poor text, if you do say so myself. Trunk, yeller fix, ocone, Paul, pig sing. Lassiter's like, that's just gibberish. That's stupid. And then another text comes in as Lassiter kind of swaggers away to check something he sees out. And Gus says, another one just came in. Bin shot, not LOL. Bin shot, not LOL. And he's like puzzling it out out loud. And then Lassiter bends down and he's like, I think I just found blood. That scene ends with Gus going, Sean's oh, been shot. Credits. Credits. <laughs> All right, so we're still with Lassie and the guys. 
Lester says, based on the blood pattern, he was shot and dragged in this direction. And then we can't get a tire mark because there must have been a high rate of speed, caused a lot of kickback on the gravel. They did find the shell casing and it's a 45 auto. And in this scene, Lasseter does a really good job of like showing genuine concern for Sean in this situation. Yeah, but it gets complicated because then Henry shows up. If Sean really is shot, there'll be no room for family in the investigation. And Jules says, wait, this might get personal. It might be good to have him. Plus, he's a seasoned retired detective and it's his son. So he's motivated. Lassie's like, all right, I'm the one in charge. Henry agrees, ish. And they decide to split up. So Henry and Lassie are going to follow the clues. And then Jules and Gus are going to buddy up and backtrack to try and connect some dots. What? brought Sean down here, Juliet asks Gus. Gus says, a few days ago, with that ice cream truck accident on the highway. So we flash back to the few days ago, and Lassie and Jules arriving on the scene on the highway where there's been an accident involving an ice cream truck. And our very own Buzz McNabb gets the door for Lassiter, and Lassiter is not okay with that. This is a brand new issued vehicle. She's cherry, and I want to keep her that way. This is at least the third time Lassie's got a new car. I mean, terrible, terrible things keep happening to them, but he's very fond of all of his vehicles, and I don't think we can reasonably, like, blame him for what has happened in the past. When he gets out of the car, um, Buzz kind of leans in and smells it and looks around, and he goes, it smells like new car plus lemon. So Lassie says, what have we got here? What's going down? Buzz says, so it was an accident and the driver is en route to the hospital. He's stable, but unconscious. Lassie's very confused why he's on the scene. If it's an accident, why are the detectives there? I feel it, Lassie. Uh, we're sort of unsure how the accident happened. Until they see, uh, Sean and Gus taking pictures with a fireman. Okay, we get a lot of callbacks because the PJs that Gus is wearing for a lot of this episode, are firemen PJs. They're taking pics with a objectively hot fireman. Um, it kind of looks like there are bubbles around. Did it look like there were bubbles in the background to you? Like suds? Like, not smoke or like extinguisher debris. It kind of looked like soap. Soap bubbles everywhere. Oh. I don't know. I did not catch that, but I do know that Gus is a volunteer fireman on the side. True that. So they ask how the boys got there and Sean said, we just heard ice cream over the police radio and it happened to be Gus's snack time. Yeah, we're not trying to hone in on your turf. And Lassie's like, you know what? You have my blessing. Have at it. She's all yours. And then Jules stops him. And then they realize (laughs) she stops him to tell him that they still have to do the paperwork. You can just see her posture is just like kind of slump and stiff because she's like, ugh. (laughs) as they walk back. So Sean walks up uh, to the ice cream truck with Gus and he says, are you thinking what I'm thinking? So many strawberry shortcake bars that were struck down in their prime. They never even really had a chance. And then Sean psychs out on some possible tampering clues. Yeah, he he sees um, what look like welding marks that are are there around the the part that was punched out of the bottom. It was really, really weird. We instantly go back to Sean in the trunk where he finds a crowbar and there's like lots of blood. He throws open the trunk door right when he thinks he can throw the the driver off the case. 
the driver swerves and and drives and dodges and whatever and dunks and dodges and he finally stops and sean hops out and runs as fast as he can into the woods i just wrote opens trunk swervy run oh he left his phone in the trunk and the text on the screen is the first text that he sent gus and the one about been shot is missing so that's the thing i noticed i've noticed that too they're just like Sean running through the forest being chased by a guy who is our guest star, Michael Rooker, who... Who, my notes say, it's Yondu. Yeah, so if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you know this dude. He's just less blue in this episode. Um, he also plays Daryl's brother in The Walking Dead. So that's, that's another thing I knew him from. But I realized while they're running through the woods, for a minute there, they're definitely running on a trail. Like a trail in the woods. Yeah, it, we're back to Lassiter and Henry, and Henry's like, has anyone tried to track his phone? Well, we can't because it's obviously not working. We need to try to figure out what those texts mean. They're abbreviations. That's what all the young people are doing. So he's like, sometimes it can help if you say these things out loud. And so they're, they're deciphering the text, and they're going back and forth out loud. They figure out... Oh, they land on Ocone. And Henry just starts listing off what O-Cone could be. And they do figure out that it's probably an orange cone, which makes sense. Yeah. And then yellow reflector. And then they're just sort of like, peace sign? We don't know what that means. But Lassie says, but I do know a stretch of the 166 that's been under construction this year. And so they take off to go check it out. He actually says for over a month. And it was important for me to make note of that because if... There was con- any, any construction that ever went on in my hometown that only lasted a month. I would be ecstatic. Oh, yeah. Where we're from, the infrastructure is, is such that they'll start something and then finish it maybe a year and a half later because they just start everything oh at once. Gus goes back to the story. And basically, they are going to the garage where the trucks get, where the ice cream trucks get worked on. And they run into a guy who is actually welding underneath an ice cream truck. Well, he, it's underneath the truck. It, it's kind of like a vaguely silvery chrome truck, I thought. I was just like... That's fair. Yeah, kind of looks pertinent. It's Yondu again. It's Yondu again. So apparently he's new at the mechanic place. And his name is Garth Longmore. He's new there. Sean introduces himself, Sean Spencer, and this is my associate, Donut Holstein. And then he and Gus kind of make eye contact and shrug about how good or bad his new name for Gus is. I personally really like Donut Holstein, but that's a different conversation about donuts that we shall have another day. Um, I have Donut some Holstein. thoughts. They introduce the guy and it is Garth Longmore. There's a number of jokes about um, he should probably be in the porno industry. Yeah, I just wrote, like, porn joke? Gus says, anyway, um, what would cause weld marks um, to be visible under a vehicle? Like, what would be the reason for that? Garth says he doesn't really know unless he saw it, but it's likely a repair. And then Sean said, um, if you know a lot about welding... We're going to need to create a vehicle that combines the standard Wienermobile with the Zamboni. Garth's face. He just is stone cold in this, in this scene. It, it, he gives them nothing. And Gus is like, anyway, thanks for your time. 
<laughs> but before they do, Sean grabs a pamphlet for the the place, and he's like, "I'm gonna take this, and then I'll be in touch about the prototype when it's when it's time." Uh, Sean does have a mission statement for the for the uh, Zamboni Wienermobile combination, but we'll talk about that later. We are at current day within the SPPD with Gus and Juliet hearing this story. And Gus is like, we weren't able to get much out of them. And Juliet goes, well, uh, maybe because you don't have a badge. And so she's ready to head to the garage, which is where they go. Oh, Garth quit yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say, I just call this guy dude because I we don't know his name. He's just like a dude at the mechanics. Um, Jules comes in, holds up her badge and says, we're looking for Garth Longmore. Anyone want to step forward? And a guy comes forward and he goes, well, he quit yesterday. Um, and Gus is like, didn't he just start? And he's like, yeah, he's a hell of a mechanic too. And they're like, did he say where he was going? No, I kind of figured he might've won the lottery based on the car he drove off in. He was driving a 70 yellow road runner. And Gus is kind of confused at the reference to this car. Is that like a good car? Don't look at me. I drive an Echo. <laughs> so Jules is basically like, you know what? We're going to dig into this a little bit more. And the guy's like, let me know if you find him. Guy took off with my MIG gun. He has a gun? Jules says, no, no, that's it's used for welding. It's not a gun gun. I appreciate that Juliet knows that and Gus does not. I understand Gus's panic because, I mean, they do, they saw blood, but they haven't confirmed yet that Sean has been shot. Short of the text message, the been shot, not LOL. Oh, yeah. Hey, my bad. <laughs> I'm dumb. Sean is running through the woods. He's running and hiding and he's hiding behind things and he falls over and, and we get another flashback to 89 where... um. Henry says, Sean, what do you do when an assailant is chasing you? And he's like, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Zigzag, zigzag. Move off the course. Zigzag. Change direction. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, that's that's what happens. Sean gets a course. And then um, in the present day, he does, in fact, zigzag, zigzag, move off the course until he is able to hide in a place where um, he's kind of away from Garth, and Garth end up, ends up going the other direction. Yeah, he sort of runs past. I just wrote hid. So Lassie is um, driving on 166, and they pass a yellow road sign with a peace sign graffitied on it, and they're like, that's our peace sign, and here's our orange cone, and the yellow reflector. And so then Henry screams, stop, stop, stop! And Lassie's like, What? And then they get out, and this is where I wrote Henry's psychic. He's just like, I can feel it! And then, sorry, I shouted. And then um, he finds evidence of the broken taillight on that road. He said, this is Sean. (laughs) There there are accidents on roads all the time. Because I'm the one who taught him how to do it. I just think he's psychic. (laughs) (laughs) In the Santa Barbara Police Department, we find out a little bit more about Garth Longmore. Um, and Garth is actually a dead guy who has been, uh, who's gotten his identity stolen, which means that the person that we know as Garth, who I will continue to call Garth, although I don't think we ever get his name. After this, I um, just start, start calling him not Garth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, Garth, not Garth, has, is trying to hide whoever he actually is. So Juliet calls Lassiter and, uh, is like, hey, 
how about this car? Have you seen it? And then we get a, no, we haven't seen it, but Henry knows that he's close. So he goes, we're going to con- Because Henry might actually be psychic. We're, we're going to continue on foot. So then Lassie's like, I guess someone has to come pick up my car. But then he's got like all these rules because if Buzz comes to pick up his car. Tell him if he touches anything other than the door handle and 10 and 2 on the steering wheel, I will personally visit him in his nightmares for all eternity. Didn't they say that 10 and 2 isn't actually the best hand placement anymore because of airbags? It's not. You're correct. Mm-hmm. 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 Juliet's literally rolling her eyes at him while he's talking. Um, so Lassie and Henry go on foot into the forest to find Sean. And then Sean wakes up still in the forest where he hid from Garth. And then we kind of hear road sounds. So he gets up and he stumbles out of the forest. And then we see something called Rhoda's gas station. He runs to the gas station, pounds on the door. He's calling for help. Uh, but there's a guy there. Oh, thank goodness. He said, listen, you need to call Detective Carlton Lassiter at the Santa Barbara Police Department. And the guy's talking him down. He's like, I've got a phone right here. What's the guy's name? Who do I need to call? And Sean's repeating himself and he gets bashed over the head by a phone. Uh, out comes Garth, not Garth, from the woods with his hands up like, but dude, what happened? And so the next time Sean sort of gets awakened... Uh, the, I keep calling this guy skinny guy. I'm not trying to like body shame anyone. It's just like identifiable for him. He's got like longish hair and he's kind of like thinner. So skinny guy's yelling at not Garth. And he's like, this is just like in jail. You're such a nincompoop. La 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 la. But the, meaner. How did he manage to escape from the trunk of a car? Sean kind of half wakes up and he's like, in his defense, I'm probably the only kid whose dad taught him how to kick out a taillight he sounds real slurred probably concussed poor things like losing blood but he's been hastily bandaged with duct tape and a chamois yeah yeah garth left his fancy car out on the road so bad guy skinny guy had to go out and get it and skinny guy's just like dude we just need to kill him and move on like, this is already getting too complicated and messing stuff up. And if you make any more mistakes, he could escape and mess everything up for us. And Sean's like, um, it, it might just be me, but that's that's probably like a really rash decision. Like, you guys are in a very stressful situation and you shouldn't be making big decisions at a time like this. And, and, you know, maybe this is just my preference, but what I do in a situation like this, and it doesn't matter who goes first, is I like to draw a hot bath. The skinny guy is um, ready to shoot him right then and there, but Garth kind of stops him and he's like, I, if you want me to kill him, I'll kill him right here, but I don't think that's a great idea, blah, blah, blah. And so bad guy gives in and he um, gets all up in Sean's face and is like, listen, I can kill you. Do you know how easy that would be for me? Physically? Yes, I can imagine it would be very, very easy. But I'm, I'm hoping it would be a little harder emotionally. I imagine it would give you some emotional pause. No? Okay. But Skinny says, you know, if we get out of this, we're long gone and it won't matter. But if the genius over here messes up again, you're the hostage in my back pocket. And you're my ticket out. And if you mess up again, I've got more than enough plastic bags for all your body parts. Note to self. Call Hefty with commercial idea. 
when Skinny Guy walks away, Sean starts talking to Garth because he realizes that Garth is the, um, we're going to say nice of the two. And so he just goes, if you could mail me to my dad's house, that would be awesome. So he keeps talking and um, not Garth is working on fixing the vehicle that uh, was driving Sean in the trunk down the road in the background. And he goes, so what should I call you, Mr. Blonde or Mr. Pink? Which is, of course, a Reservoir Dogs uh, reference. And he goes, because I'm pretty sure your name's not actually Garth, is it? There's a lot of, um, like, sleuthing quickly going on. Sean notices the welding marks that were very similar to the welding marks on the ice cream truck. truck. And uh, through all of his, through all of his kind of blabbering, he said... I can say without a doubt that this is the most pain I've ever been in. So if you wouldn't mind looking in that direction, I would very much like to weep if that's okay. It's a flesh wound. You're fine. Stop whining. Sean sees a picture of him with a long range rifle and uh, uses that to his advantage a little bit later. Yes. Um, he psychs out on um, like some stuff up around on the walls, some pictures we go back to Sean, or we go back to Gus's story about what was going on. And um, we've got Sean, oh no, I'm sorry, we have a flashback of Sean where he's sneaking around the, the, store, the store yard. And he's checking out the ice cream trucks and then he sees somebody who's obviously welding underneath a armed vehicle. And then he like turns around and then someone's behind him holding a gun and he is caught. And his cover story is... um. <laughs> So weird. My Yelp app uh, on my iPhone here told me that there should be a Starbucks in the exact spot where we're standing. Whoops. He goes, oh, I recognize you. You're that Garth Longmore fellow. Um, can you do that? Can you put that down? Because it's creepy enough out here without the gun and flashlight routine. And then Sean realizes that he knows what's going on. He tells him, look, your plan, ingenious. I'd be happy just stealing the ice cream. <laughs> and then he like he had a very specific flash to when Garth shot him in the storage yard and he's like psyching out on his military combat and he's like so since you're like a sharpshooter or you did time you know in combat you really could have killed me and yet you didn't that leads me to believe that you're not really a killer at least not anymore and not Garth says, oh, we're done talking. So there was this brief inter like interlude where they talked about how, like, because Garth was like, oh, my God, you are psychic. How do you know all this? And like the time in the jungle and stuff. And he admits that he was an LRRP or a LARP, a long range reconnaissance patrolman. And they start talking about like his range of accuracy. And apparently if the wind was right, he could take down a target at like 1500 yards. Yeah, 1,200 yards is what yeah, he said. Yeah, 1,200. And then he goes, 15 if the wind conditions, blah, 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 blah. So he was, like, they were getting along. He, he was being personable. This dude is a criminal. I don't think he's, a like, a bad, cruel, malicious person. I think he's, he's a bad decision maker. <laughs> he's got a lot of sunk potential. <laughs> he's a guy in a rough situation trying to make it through. And I, I often, I just... I want to go on the record to say that there are bad people out there. No denying that. Yes. But a lot of times that pe people who break the law are not breaking the law because they want to or because they're a bad person. 
but because the situation that they're in deems them deems them to think that it's necessary to do so. And I think that's Garth's. Story. I think a lot of us can recognize there's a difference in taking enjoyment out of someone else's suffering and in causing that suffering and something you're doing that hurts people indirectly because or directly because you you feel you don't have a choice even if you're wrong like that's that's where you are that was social justice with alexis <laughs> and Kaylee. we shoved them up so back with henry and lassie oh yeah they're running through the woods and lassiter cannot keep up <laughs> he insists that henry is juicing he is fully on steroids because he is panting up a storm i mean tim amundsen and his sweaty tired guy acting is so perfect i love him so much Lassiter does pull a Gus at that point and said, there's an excellent chance that I was bitten by a tick back there. I'm in the beginning stages of Lyme's disease. Very Gus. I'm like, do they have Lyme disease in California? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Henry sees a little, a little tied bow of fabric on a, a, on a branch and in the most like stoic way ever goes, he went this way. So my theory is that Sean did that after waking up in the woods and thinking like, you know, I'm probably kind of safe to leave clues for the good guys now, <laughs> but we didn't see it happen. Yes, I, I agree with you. So Jules and Gus end up at a place that says 12159 Sullivan and it, and the window says Mimi's Fluff and Fold. Um, Sean actually lives there. He likes to live in weird places like that because he gets a deal on the rent. He was in the old Color Me Mine last year. Yeah. All the saucers you see in here, he made them. Gus is happy with some of the perks of the place, uh, like the, Rotating the rack where all the clothing is. And then he realizes that um, all of the clothes are his. Half of these clothes are mine. And so Gus decides he's going to finally change out of his pajamas. And this, okay, this is what I thought during this scene. The fact that she doesn't even question, like, just turning around and walking around and not really realizing that, Gus is changing essentially in the same room as her is like, oh, she's all in on Sean. Like Gus is not even yeah. an entity to her in that way. Like, <laughs> because <laughs> no, no eyes lingering back there. There are two very funny things on the walls of um, the apartment. Mm -hmm. One is Sean's lodge portrait from the dislodged episode. Season two, episode 14, baby. The other one is a movie poster from An American Werewolf in London. Which we covered a lot last week. <laughs> um, Jules makes her way to the bathroom and says, I forget what she says, but she see, she clocks a girl toothbrush with Sean's other less girly toothbrush in the bathroom. Yeah, it's like, did, she, did Abigail move in? And Gus said, I think they've reached the he has a drawer, she has a toothbrush stage. Seems a little out of balance, but okay. They're looking around for clues as to what Sean was thinking about looking at um, the previous night when he called Gus with that weird voicemail. Gus immediately sees the pamphlet from the um, from the car garage place. And he was like, huh, this must be what he was looking at when he called me. Oh, goodness. Check this out. Look at the bottom. And at the bottom, it talks about how they work on armored transports. Long haul refrigeration and armored transports right next to each other. So ice cream truck to armored vehicles. Easy peasy. Um, Gus gets on his laptop to check his recent web searches for more clues. One of which is mentalistspoilers.com. 
Another is billyzane.thumbnail.com. And then armored slash car slash theft. The ice cream truck was just the rehearsal. They've got it. They figured it out. So Sean is still talking at not Garth. He's talking about how it's kind of his compulsion and Garth can feel free to ignore him. He's just going to talk it out. He's like, so you come up with this elaborate plan and you weaken the bottom of the truck instead of reinforcing it during the weld. And he's like, okay, so then how do you get in? How do you get in? Oh, you tip it over. You tip it over and then you pop it open because you left that little that little pee weld so you could do that. He has a kind of, um, you know, oh, I, I see what happened. You tipped over the truck, you used a crowbar to open up the bottom, and then you lit the truck on fire kind of realization. And then he goes, but this time there's no ice cream. The question is, when is this going down and where? And not Garth says, who cares? Why do you care? You're going to be dead. I think that was bad guy. No. Not Garth. That was Garth. Not not Garth. Really? Because I don't think, unless bad guy just like walked into the scene, I think Garth was just trying to shut Sean up if it was him. Just like a, you really think he's going to let you out of this type of deal? Henry and Lassiter found a gas station. Rhoda's. And they think that maybe, maybe that is where they could ask to see if anyone's seen that car. And we get a kind of zoom in on wind chimes that are made of wrenches that should have been made of pineapples. I just want everyone to hear that. <laughs> so they walk up and skinny guy comes out and he's a good, good liar. But they're like, have you seen the 70 um, yellow roadrunner car? And he's like, yeah, I saw it. They came, it, the guy came through in that vehicle about 10 minutes ago. I asked him if I could fix those, his busted taillight and he said he had to get going. I didn't have any gas, so he continued up the road about four miles. Like he's playing it off brilliantly, but Henry doesn't look fully convinced to me. He looks like he's just like, Got a vibe. He's psychic, you guys. (laughs) Henry pulls a picture of Sean out of his wallet and he's like, have you seen this guy? Was he with him? And bad guy's like, no. Um, Why? Is that guy wanted? And Lester said, well, kind of. And uh, this entire time, not Garth has Sean in a chokehold in the back. And Henry is like, Walking around, noticing things, and at some point, Lasseter says something like, God, it's just like working with Spencer. And he's, like, all irritated. Henry keeps looking back at the place, and Lasseter's, um, Lasseter's like, what? what's going on? Do you want to ask more questions? And Henry's like, come on, let's go. Do you want me to carry you? Skinny guy is big mad after this. That's what I wrote. There's a lot of arguing going on. And uh, Sean is wiggling free. He gets his hands empty, uh, or he gets his hands unhooked uh, after seeing a picture of not Garth with a, a pretty lady um, with lovely red hair. Oh, she's so cute. He falls over in his chair to a um, to a, a wheelie thing. Yeah, the wheelie, <laughs> the wheelie that you you know a mechanic would go under a car with. Um. Yeah, the wheelie thing. <laughs> And he like he's a real name for that. Yeah, he just like kind of paddles himself over to where his phone is just dropped off of. I don't think his hands are free, are they? His hands are free. Oh, but he can't get. He he paddles right. He paddles over because he's getting a call, and the call is from Gina again. Well, it says it's blocked, but it does end up being Gina. 
she's like, I feel bad for like what I said to you yesterday, but uh, I don't know. It's like nonsense. And he's just like, please call the police. And she's like, you're so selfish. Garth catches him on the phone and is like, dude, no, there'll be none of this. And, and Sean said, I know this doesn't end well for me. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I've made peace with that. But please just let me call and call my girl and, and say goodbye. I know you have a girl. Someone with beautiful What's her name? red hair. And Garth goes, Maureen. Maureen O'Hara? <laughs> Love that. He said, listen, just let me make the call. You can watch me dial. You can listen in. If I say anything that you don't like, you can just shoot me right there on the spot. Garth is like, oh, you best believe it. Sean makes the call. Um, while, while we're receiving the call, we get another little buzz moment where he found that there is a large transfer of money that uh, is probably going to be what's being robbed of $500,000. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big transfer from one bank to another in a single movement because like I mean there are like really strict rules about how much certain banks can have on hand at any given time and so like that's why you're usually transferring money out is because like you can't have over a certain threshold. <laughs> Juliet picks up her ringing phone and it is Sean. This is a call to say goodbye. Please please don't say anything and and Juliet does. She just sits down and listens. He says a lot of things about how there's no more future, but, you know, we can go back to where we were. And and you can remember the wind chimes that I got you for your birthday. Whenever you hear them, that'll be me. I'll be there in the past. And just, like, like very... <laughs> just, like, weird. And then Garth is like, come on, come on, this is supposed to be a goodbye call. Tell her you love her and hang up. Tell her you love her. <laughs> It's kind of a moment for Sean where he goes, I need you to know that I love you. And Juliet almost says it back. Juliet says, oh, Sean, I think, I mean, I think. Goodbye, and, Abigail. And her face. Oh, oh. And then he hangs up and she's like, uh, I feel like that was a code, but it wasn't for me. The skinny guy is very, very upset that Garth let him make a phone call. And we hear a gunshot and a blackout. So Jules calls Lassiter and we hear Lassiter go, he said to go back? Wind chimes? No, I don't know what that means. And Henry's just like, whoa, whoa. And he stops them. This is the Henry pseudo Sean flashback where he remembers the wind chimes. And he's like, and no, he goes, we have to go He back. was at the gas station. The whole time. So then we see the blueberry, like, swerve into the gas station super fast. And we're at Rhoda's. I keep calling it Rhoda's because, honestly, why not? It had a name on it. I like that. They bust inside. They find Garth on the ground. We don't find out for sure, but the implication is that he was shot and killed by Skinny Guy. And I don't want him to be dead, you guys. He was redeemable. The car is there, but Sean is not. The whole team gets together to try to find what happened to to Sean. Um, there's an ambulance. There's the firemen. There's the more police cars. There's bus. There's everyone. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Juliet is going to drive the Blueberry. And then... Gus is not okay with that because it's a company car. Yeah. They're, they're heading out. They think they know where he's going. Um, Lassiter puts in a call and then they are both in pursuit. Lassie and Henry in Lassie's car... Jules driving the blueberry. 
Um, Julia is a certified, sorry, she, she assures Gus that she's a certified pursuit driver and she's pretty sure he's going to be okay. They're on some sort of like interstate or highway and they see Sean in the back of a truck and Sean screams, yeah, go team. And I just wrote, there's rock music, but he's, his hands are tied. There, I wrote that too. His hands are tied to like a, a rope that's also tied to the truck. So that's a problem for a minute. And then highway chase, and then Sean sees Gus in the blueberry and goes, is that my shirt? Bad guy ends up dropping his gun, which causes him to swerve a ton. And when that's happening, um, Sean is able to get out of his rope. And then Jules and Gus are able to pull up next to the truck and have a full-blown conversation with Sean, who is like, look at you, buddy, just like Vin Diesel. That makes Jules Michelle Rodriguez and you Paul Walker. I, d- I don't want to be Paul Walker, not even for a day. You can be Lucas Black from Tokyo Drift, but then we wouldn't be in the movie with you. That's weird. I get. I'll, I'll just be Walker. It's fine. Sean is ready to jump on the hood of the Blueberry. You must be out of your damn mind. <laughs> this is a company car, Sean. All right, so he goes over to the other side where Lassie's brand new car is waiting, and he is ready to jump on that car, and Lassiter says... No. And he says, I was shot today. I'm jumping on someone's car. He makes the jump. Henry doesn't like it, but he ends up on Lassiter's hood. And um, Henry's trying to get Lassiter to stop. And Sean is like, do not stop this car. Don't you dare. So bad guy finally gets a hold of his gun and he shoots and he is shooting at the blueberry um, because Lassiter has sped up too much and he can't shoot at Sean. Um, and he blows out the tire in the blueberry. Lassiter gets out his gun. He is ready to try to like shoot over Henry. And Henry's just like, dude, this isn't worth it. Give me the gun. And he, he kind of takes the gun out of Lassiter's hand. And Lassiter goes, Spencer, what are you doing? Which Spencer are you talking to? It doesn't matter. You're the same person. Sean, Sean it, like if he had the energy and space, he would take umbrage with this. Like, he hates, he hates... He did say... He did say, am not, but that's all he said. <laughs> Sean wants to take the shot. He gets the gun from Henry because he has a clear line of sight, and he takes the shot with his left hand. Shoots the truck. Uh, he shoots at it two or three times, but the second or third time, he definitely hits it. My note says it's probably the radiator. He probably learned to shoot at it from Henry because it's a really big target, and it'll almost instantly inca- incapacitate a car. So then they stop... Lassie jumps out of the car, pulls Sean off of the front of the car, and kind of starts to put him behind him as Batty, like, leans out the window and tries to shoot at them some more, but he's out of bullets. Sean, nope. Lassiter arrests the bad guy and then looks and says, nice shooting, detective. Did you just call me detective? No. (laughs) Should we wait till Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez come here to strap the cuffs on him? Here comes the blueberry. Rolling very, very slowly. So our last scene. Sean is understandably in a sling for a walk-in talk. He's telling Gus about how he had to tell Juliet that he loves her on that phone call. Was it awkward? Yeah, but I don't know what I wrote. I was mostly concerned about not getting shot again. And then Gus is like, well, that's understandable. I mean, you just did what you had to do. The weird thing is, I think she's going to, I think she was going to say it back to me. She was probably just playing along, you know, because the weirdness of you being able to call and all. There's like a, a pause of a, huh, 
And then Sean's phone rings and goes, he goes, hey, it's for you, and hands the phone to Gus. He says, say hello, and Gus goes, hello. <laughs> Gina. It's Gina. Gus is like, stop yelling at me, I don't even know you. <laughs> and then Sean said, dude, tell her we're going to Cheesecake. Oh my gosh, he's such a troll. But yeah, girl, just stop calling. Like, block his number and move on. <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, Gus... Sean maybe should block Gina's number I don't know there's a lot that could be happening but like hard hard pass on that one um they're supposing supposedly 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 thank you Kaylee <laughs> is a pineapple really... in this episode you went full like Joey Tribbiani on that for a second and I was like I must help <laughs> <laughs> thank you um there is a, a pineapple in this episode, uh, yes, but we never see it. And the USA Network told us that there is a pineapple on the doormat at Sean's fluff and fold place, but uh, it's not visible to us. And I'm just like, is it really there then? My theory is that the shot um of them going through the door or the front of the place was probably longer and you could see it but it got cut for time or something i mean yeah. i have faith that there was probably a pineapple in every episode and for some reason or other like some of them just don't make it into the final cut oh speaking of pineapples i did find i did actually find the pineapple in our last episode Correction corner. but i <laughs> Yeah, I just like completely forgot that I had found it because I had watched the episode and then we took a little break because because we got sick and then it was like, oh, let me watch the episode again. And the second time I didn't see it. Okay, so if we go back to the last episode where Henry is, um, it's the very first scene where we find out that Henry is fighting for the truck and he and Biff have their little like showdown. The camera, yes, I said Biff instead of Butch and I said them on purpose. Um, the camera kind of pans out and we see everybody with their hands on the truck and the guy standing right next to Henry has a glass that's in the shape of a pineapple and it's got a little straw sticking out the top of it. That would be like part of the leaves and it's very, very cute and I did find it and then I forgot. And if you cheat and you look it up, it says it's a water bottle, which it, it does not feel like an accurate description of the thing, so... When I saw, like, water bottle, because I did cheat, when I saw water bottle, I was expecting a, like, a bottle of water that had a little pineapple drawn on it, like we have seen before. Mm -hmm. But instead, what we got was a, a cup that is shaped like a pineapple. Very cute, but nonetheless. So, how many episodes has it been since we've seen Chief Vic? Have we seen her this season? I have no idea, because all of the episodes are blurring together a little bit. Yeah, we I think I think we have. I think it was pre-summer vacation for us. Oh, oh, hi, Noonish. We definitely did see her in that one. That's episode three. Okay. That's Lassie at the, Lassie at the, uh, at Old Sonora. And Sean gets the yips, where... Oh, yeah. Sean gets the yeah. yips and... But I don't think we see her in Bollywood Homicide. I don't think we've seen her since episode five and we're on episode nine. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a good four episodes without Chief Vic. Boo. But yeah, it feels pretty glaring. And like, we, we haven't had that much buzz. We got a little bit of buzz in this episode. Mm -hmm. We have had a couple of seasons of buzz, but we are in for a, a treat of um, guest, guest stars. Star. Yes. 
this second half of the season is um Packed. is for real. Yeah. Not that today's guest star wasn't a big deal. Like Yo, that dude. guy is very, very well known, but And skinny um, guy, um I thought I wrote his name down somewhere. Um the other the the bad guy uh at the end, he is also a character actor. You'll recognize him from stuff, but I, I'm sorry, I, I can't find where I wrote his name down. That's okay. So uh, but get ready. Get ready for some awesome guest stars in the next few episodes. Okay, what else do we need to talk about in this episode? Um, at one point, Lasseter does refer to Sean as Sean, which he hardly ever does, and he's he's clearly very concerned for the guy's safety when they think he's been shot and missing. He calls him detective at one point. Sean shoots a gun. I read a stat that said this is the second of only three times he does that in the entire series. I can't remember the first time, though. I can't. But I believe them when they said it happened. I, yeah, I believe it. But I can't think of when. No. I no. mean, he had a he had a gun at, at Old Sonora. I don't think he and he did anything. fake shoot it at Stinky Feet during the showdown. Oh. But I don't, that's not really him shooting a gun. I don't know. Maybe they counted that. Oh, he definitely also fake shot at um the like the the random pedestrian who was in the bar. Oh, it's that stinky feet fella. I mean, they could very well count that episode. I mean, he did yeah. hold and shoot a gun, even if it wasn't real. But yeah, he's proving how good a, a shot he is on this. We'll see more of that later. Yeah, I am Alexis. Our mission statement is simple. To create the perfect juicy wiener and the perfect icy service to enjoy said wiener on. Oh, the wienermobile Zamboni. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm Kaylee. Son, are you wearing children's pajamas? And this has been... To, to the, the Blueberry! Psych out. Blueberry!